Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from theqsoft.com. My name is Christian Corley, and I'm joined by Gavin Phillips. How are you doing, Gavin? Yeah, very well, Christian. Um, we're recording slightly later than we usually do, so I must admit I've actually snuck in a cheeky nap this afternoon because, you know, nine o'clock, <laughs> oh, it's getting quite close to bedtime. Well, do you know what? You're not the only one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I um, I do. I am a. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a martyr to hair fever. As, uh, as, as as someone might say, not me, uh, other than just now. Uh, but I, I do tend, at this time of year, I do tend to uh, regularly, say every other day, need about 30 minutes just late evening, well, early evening, late afternoon, early evening, to uh, just just get out of my system because it really wears me out. Uh, yeah. It's, it's almost as if something's taken over my body and is then threatening me with menaces if I don't pay up. Well, it sounds like you're being uh, held to ransom almost. Yes. And if it was software, it would be ransomware. My God, this is the, the, the uh, most difficult um, <laughs> segue <laughs> into a topic conversation ever. By now, you probably know that we've called this podcast something like 2021 is the year of ransomware. And it certainly looks that way. There have been uh, corporate level ransomware attacks after attack after attack. It's like ransomware has gone massive. There have been pipeline, gas pipeline attacks. Uh, there have been uh, an attack on um, a supply chain. The Department of Justice has formed a new ransomware task force. And we're, we're now hearing just this week there's been a uh, attack by the, uh, is it Revil or Revel? How do we pronounce it? I think it's really evil, but I yeah. am actually not 100% on that. So yeah. uh, we can call it whatever we want. We can yeah. just say bad guys, if you like. Bad guys, yeah. Maybe Russian bad guys from like a 1990s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hollywood movie. I don't know. Um, that's what it's believed to be. And ransomware is becoming a bigger, th- seemingly a bigger threat than it was when it was targeting people, just Joe Public. It's gone beyond that now because they're homing in on where the money is. If you ransomware attacks in the past have proved fruitful for these uh we've got hackers scammers cyber criminals whatever you want to call them people are, companies are paying the ransom to get their data back rather than not paying it and by paying the ransom it encourages like in the old days you know 40 years ago when people would get kidnapped or aircraft would get hijacked put for ransom pay the ransom happens more and more and then you know, a stand had to be taken and they had quite uh, bloody consequences. Um, I'm not saying that's gonna what's going to happen here, but ransomware is a big problem. Let's uh, just go into the quick details of what ransomware is. Uh, we, we you, you should probably know what it is. It's basically your computer gets infected by a piece of malware that locks the computer and it encrypts your data. You attempt to gain access to the computer slash data and you are given are presented with a screen that says pay us this money in bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency or some other method of payment or you don't get your data back choice do you pay or do you not pay well if you pay you should get your data back but not always other times you might get your data back but then it'll re-encrypt a bit later on on some sort of timer 
scenario. It's really just really bad, nasty behavior from cyber criminals that gives them money and leaves the average person frustrated. Now, as, as mentioned, it's uh, gone, let's say, gone corporate. But, uh, well, I mean, we've been talking about ransomware and make use of for years, haven't we, Gavin? Yeah, we really have. Um, it's, I mean, I guess ransomware has now been an issue for coming up to a decade, really. If you think back to how the, the early phases of ransomware, where it was more like the, you remember the old FBI yeah, scams shit. where it would pop, pop up on your screen and yeah. say, you know, pay us like two, three hundred bucks. And even back in those days, it actually wouldn't even be in um, like Bitcoin or anything like that. They would you'd be paying literally in dollars to almost traceable accounts. Um, and some of the early gangs obviously then started switching to things like Bitcoin and, and Monero and other cryptocurrencies, as you mentioned, to to gain a bit more protection from law enforcement. But considering how it started as you know trying to just knock off a few regular people for a few hundred bucks here and there to where we are now with major corporations having to fork out and millions upon millions of dollars to gain access to their computers and you know those computers are now increasingly being tied up with you know, important infrastructure, like you mentioned the, the the gas pipeline that was shut down in North America earlier in the year, that it took, I think, weeks upon weeks to get it up back and running again, didn't it? And in, in that process, the fuel prices for many of our, I'm sure many of our listeners are aware that, you know, that the fuel prices at the pump suddenly went up by multiple dollars all of a sudden. And that was a direct effect of the ransomware on the, on the pipeline. Yeah. There's a, uh... A sort of a, a rejoiner to this as well that over the past few months, couple of years, we've become more aware of a, of a dimension, a, 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 diff, a new dimension to ransomware, which is leakware, whereby um, typical ransomware would threaten deletion of the files, but leakware does the opposite. If you don't pay up, then it gives you your files back by publishing them on a public forum. Now, for people like myself or Gavin, that might just be, you know, um, a, a script for a make use of video or, um, you know, the, 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 the drunken scrawlings of a lunatic who thinks he's a, a, a literary <laughs> discovery in waiting. Hello. And, but, you know, if, it's, if, it's, if this is corporate level or if this is kind of health organization level, then this could be absolutely devastating. Yeah, 100%, you know. Like we said, the level of people that are now getting hit with this sort of stuff, my God, you can only imagine, you know, if it hits uh, government officials or something like that, someone high up in um, organization, it's going to be absolutely devastating for for more than the organization as well. You know, it could be devastating for, for the people associated with it, infrastructure, all of these things that are tied in together. Now, there are ways around ransomware, which we'll come to later on. The, the, the solutions are kind of a little bit you know, it's, it's, it's often a kind of a mix and match process of resolution which isn't good but uh, it, it is interesting to know that uh, security groups that uh, that can fix ransomware uh, at least they're being kept in work <laughs> I think more, more than work maybe <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a bit like um, builders going back to work after the lockdowns and saying if if they didn't have to stop working, they could work 24-7. Yeah. Uh, but you only have to look at some of the recent incidents as well. So when a ransomware incident hits in a really, really big way, the most most people hear of it, you know, if you're not involved in it, is that you'll see a headline. But the reality is the once the ransomware attack hits a, a business a organization a government or whatever the wheels of cybersecurity were into motion really quite fast trying to stop the spread of the ransomware to to other servers or other businesses or other organizations so earlier you you mentioned um, the the attack that took place um preceding the weekend preceding our recording this is uh where are we monday the 5th of 5th of july yeah so over the weekend there was the k casea casa um ransomware attack which was a supply chain attack so they they infected the company to then go on and infect other companies a bit like a supermarket if someone poisoned something for instance in a supermarket warehouse and it was then distributed through to all of the other supermarkets in the area it could result in thousands of victims and this is exactly what's happened with that ransomware attack claiming thousands upon thousands of victims and supposedly up to one million computers all infected yeah now we've we've had a look and make use of on the um, very cybersecurity trends to watch out for in 2021, and it strikes me that this is actually two attacks in one, basically two um, uh, vectors of attack. Uh, this article lists coronavirus-related attacks, increase in ransomware attacks, the rise in social media threats, and supply chain attacks. So, you know, these are two distinct attack types that have been combined into one new attack, which you know, if, if if this keeps happening, people start, you know, cyber criminals start combining various types of attacks. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say it's going to get into um, die-hard four territory, but that's quite scary, isn't it? <laughs> well, you remember um, 2017, was it? Uh, WannaCry? Yes. Um, so that took the world by storm, and that was a, like a, a ransomware worm, which was... I mean, not unheard of, but extremely, extremely rare. And when that released, that was like, whoa, these criminals are insane. And if they're going to start combining things like ransomware with a worm, a worm in terms of computer viruses just replicates itself and tunnels wherever it wants to go. So in that case, the infection just swept the world within hours. It was one of the fastest things that people had ever seen. So as Christian Riley said, when people look at the the criminals combining these attacks, it really raises the stakes a bit, I think. Yeah, definitely. And um, if you haven't seen Die Hard for um apologies for that reference. You should should it's a good film. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just... don't go on to Die Hard Five. No, I... don't no, don't do don't do that. <laughs> Public service announcement, don't do that. Now, we mentioned larger organizations being the key targets here. Now, an interesting thing that we spotted at um, from the Baybook. Is it Baybook or Babook? I'm terrible pronouncing things these days. I would go for Babook. We'll call it Babook. Ransomware. According to a self-published post from Babooklocker at RaidForum.com, where you'll find the post under the username Bieber99, 
Um, Babok does not target hospitals, non-profits, small universities and colleges, or companies whose annual revenue is under $4 million. Seems like a bit of an arbitrary cut-off. It does, doesn't it? Why four? Why not ten? And as long as they like get into the they get into the computer and check their check accounts. the accounting. <laughs> you know, carry the one, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, well, you know, but... actually, no, we are laughing about this, but there has been an increased sophistication from cyber criminals over the years, and we do know that they do take time uh, to target particular companies, don't they, for standard hacks. So it's perhaps not beyond the realms of possibilities that they might do that. No, absolutely. I think the idea that ransomware is, you know, kind of pay and spray, just hit whatever target you possibly can. Um, it certainly holds up in one sense. You know, they have the huge spam networks, which mm. are regularly sending out infected emails. You know, every single person gets heaps of spam, I'm sure. Some of it is undoubtedly malicious, and some of that malicious mail will contain ransomware. But at the higher levels of criminally organized gam, uh, gangs sorry, operating within cyberspace, like you said, these companies are specifically targeted. You look at the Solar Winds Orion attack, which took place towards the end of 2020 and into the start of 2021, and the list of organizations and companies hit within that. So some of the biggest in tech, lots of US government agencies, and the people behind that attack, they knew exactly what they were doing, and they knew the exact companies they needed to hit. This was a supply chain attack like we were talking about earlier. So they knew exactly which companies they needed to hit to get to the next one, the next hop along the line. So it is very, very targeted. Yeah. Another thing that's worth mentioning, whilst we're talking about Babok in particular, you know those, we're back to the same topic kind of loosely, you know those action movies where you've got a criminal gang and they go out and do something to demonstrate what they can do so they can sell their services? Mm. Yeah, that's basically Babok because they use the ransomware as a service model. That's R-A-A-S, which is based on software as a service and various other things as a service, which is a popular dimension in uh, software these days. So basically they go, they, they do something and then similar gangs look at what they're doing and they buy their ransomware kits from them or they lease their ransomware software from them so not only are they making money with their own attacks they're also leasing their software out or their malware out their ransomware out to mm. other attackers to use and take yeah take a take a cut of the profit and as crazy as it sounds as well well, it's all like shady underground forums and all this sort of stuff and a lot of business is conducted that way but when you see the packages that these uh criminals put together for you know ransomware as a service they're they're you know they're they're really slick you know these guys are quite clever they oh, can yeah. operate these massive botnets and all this sort of stuff uh you know and lots of them are talented programmers so it's not like it's like a bumbling old bit of software that you might felt like came out of like windows 95 or something it's a high-end web totally. portal that you know tracks all the income targets that are being hit you know shares of profits and all this sort of stuff it's yeah you know yeah. it's one of those ones where you look at it and you're like oh it's really really horrible but also that's quite impressive <laughs> yeah i mean it's not fat tony from the simpsons is it 
This is, no. <laughs> the, you know, these guys know what they're doing. They're super talented. Um, back to Babok, they posted a message for journalists. I'll start this off here. We are the Babok team, and we are always improving our software. Not so long ago, Emisoft found a bug in our ESX descriptor. It broke some VHDX disks of the VMware hypervisor. We immediately corrected this error. Now, you know, <laughs> they're faster than Google and Microsoft. It's patching their own software <laughs> um, so, you know it's these are sophisticated programmers with skills yeah. that they're happy to sell clearly and i i don't i mean i don't know what the salaries are at microsoft and google but i imagine these guys are probably earning at least as much as some of the top flying programmers at big sites Definitely. I think as well, like the statement itself is quite interesting, isn't it? Because it's so much as well showing the care and dedication of reputation and protecting the reputation of the product like any other major business would. You know, they put the front foot forward, make a proper statement and announce to the world that we're, we're fixing our issues. We're doing it properly. But it takes us back, actually, to a point you made earlier was the ransomware company, ransomware operators that don't deliver the decryptors once the ransom is paid. So once the uh, knowledge gets out that a ransomware operator doesn't deliver the key to unlock your files, there's no point in paying it. No. So them actually providing a decent service within the ransomware, like the Babook uh, team are obviously doing, is actually kind of vital to their operational model, which is, is wild in itself, really. Yeah, it is. The, um, I, I mean, I'm going to make another Hollywood reference here. You know, <laughs> you know the Jurassic Park movies? The first one in particular in Jurassic World, where they've got like they've got a programmer who's clearly mentally like unwell, passionate about the software he's created. That's that's what you've yeah, got here, I feel. It's a Unix system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, the, the guy who's actually developed the software, he's like he's the only person who can use it, isn't he? So, and then yeah, it's yeah. Like, by chance that she she she, she recognises it, but you know that 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 whole sort of, like. S- slightly deranged passion for the software they've created in the kind of um in the way some of those old west coast developers in the 1980s working on the amiga and the atari were kind of like they were really really hardcore into what they were doing and they were changing the world and they really believed in what they were creating hello ransomware developers that's what that's these guys yeah, is it is it one and the same part and parcel? I, th- I think it's or just the love love for money. I, I think I think there's the same mindset in there, and obviously uh, a, a fondness for greenbacks, yeah, or Bitcoin. And we'll take a moment from our usual podcast proceedings to just remind you that the really useful podcast can be found pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. We're hosted at Transistor.fm, so you can find us there as well. We're also on YouTube, and of course, on MakeUseOf.com. Now, however you subscribe to the Really Useful Podcast and listen to us, it would be amazing if you could take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help us to find new listeners and take our podcast to ever greater heights you'll find the link to our apple podcast page in the show notes thanks a lot
you you may well be quite concerned over the um rise in ransomware in 2021 before we have a look at uh, potential fixes and ways around ransomware and avoidance here are five things you need to know about ransomware in 2021 number one you might have guessed this already the ransomware attacks are rising uh we've had the colonial gas attack we've had the irish healthcare system uh, there have been cyber attacks on local authorities in the United Kingdom and probably other countries across Europe in the last year. Paying ransomware is a bad idea. We know that. The cost of a ransomware attack is increasing. But that's hardly surprising because they appear to be raising their, uh, aiming for higher targets. Ransomware attacks fall into four categories. There's crypto ransomware there's locker ransomware, there's scareware, which isn't ransomware at all, and there's leakware. Just going back to scareware, it uses manipulation tactics to make users download or buy infected software. The threat operators also use it to distribute ransomware and fraudulent notifications that appear to come from law enforcement. I mean, some of that goes back to what we were saying earlier about the FBI um, pop-up things from the old days of ransomware. But you know what? It strikes me that those emails that claim to be um, taking photos of you enjoying yourself quote unquote from your computer's webcam mm-hmm. i mean that's a form of ransomware isn't it yeah definitely i guess that falls directly directly into it doesn't it unless you pay us however many bitcoins or dollars will you know we'll release a scandalous video of you to everybody that you know yeah. and remember though that scam was kind of at its height looking at some of the addresses attached to these email addresses and some of them had <clears throat> excuse me some of them had bitcoins in, in them i don't know if they put them in them themselves to give the illusion of people paying because mm. it's an actual scam but it does make you wonder yeah definitely does there are several ransomwares uh, in circulation there's maze ransomware also known as Chacha ransomware, which first appeared in 2019. There's uh, Revil ransomware, which we mentioned earlier on. There's Ryuk ransomware from the Russian e-crime group Wizard Spider. And Tycoon ransomware. There's also Netwalker ransomware. All ransomwares that you need to be on the lookout for. But of course, once it has got you, uh, it's a bit late. You're uh, not really going to care who's behind the ransomware too much you want to know how to get rid of it and in 2021 gavin how easy do we think it is to get rid of ransomware oh god (laughs) (laughs) it's actually a really tricky question um so much of it comes down to of course the type of ransomware you get infected with yeah some of the earlier earlier ransomware variants there's lots of dedicated uh security researchers that have put countless hours into decrypting the malware itself and reverse engineering the encryption keys so they basically enable you to unlock your files without having to pay the fee but as i said that really does depend on the type of malware you get in ransomware sorry you get infected with um in 2021 if you get hit with a ransomware attack there's a good chance you are going to have to be reaching into your pocket and i know that the article we just went through said stop paying the ransoms but for many people especially for regular people like you and i and our listeners not paying a ransom 
is actually a very difficult decision to make, especially if the ransom is of a reasonable amount. Many people don't keep necessarily excellent backups of all their data. Some people don't keep backups of their data in the slightest, something we would definitely advise you not to do, especially if you ever get into this situation. But for most people, a low dollar figure that provides a guaranteed way out of the issue is way easier than trying to figure out how to you know clean your computer properly which invariably with ransomware means a complete wipe so that you can be completely sure that it's it's expelled from the system just and to, then just try to, to restore all your data we're talking about a hardware clean the hard disk we're not talking about wiping a cloth over the case here you know, yeah, sorry. Yeah, should have been more clear. You're absolutely right. Yeah, this is, you know, nuking your hard drive, effectively, deleting absolutely everything to yeah. ensure that none of the ransomware remains because it can lurk within files and drives and what have you if it's not effectively cleaned. Absolutely. There are precautions you can take. There is a bit of a timing issue with the best precaution. The best precaution is, as we've heard, is to make a backup. But if you're using, say, cloud sync backups, there, I mean, there is a potential, if you're not particular about the areas that you're syncing to the cloud or if there is, is that unfortunate moment where the software, uh, the, big fan, the, the ransomware comes along and infects those files and the stuff that you've got synced to the cloud is going to get infected as well, which is absolutely useless to you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can restore your data from the cloud and find that the ransomware was packed up to the cloud. So yeah. once you restore it to your, you know, freshly cleaned computer, wham, bam, you find yourself reinfected and you're then stuck in the process. Ways to avoid being hit by ransomware. You couldn't use a modern firewall utility. You can ensure your data isn't only stored on your PC. I would suggest that you maintain some other form of backing up regularly not just relying on cloud sync. I was watching a TV show with my wife yesterday evening called Finding Alice, which stars uh, Keely Hawes. And there's a line in it when her data had been taken off the computer and someone said to her, well, you should back to the cloud. She says, no one does that. And the response was, yes, everyone does that. And I think these days everyone does. does. I mean, you know, we all have phones and they all sync to a cloud, don't they? Whether it's, you know, it's, you know, the number of times I've lost photos and then just found them on, Google Photos, and the same, yeah, yeah and the same <laughs> happens with iPhone. You know, uh, so you know it does happen automatically for a lot in a lot of cases. So you know that's something to keep in mind. Don't use your computer's admin account for daily use. Now, th that's very easy for me to write. Most people don't know that they're actually using an admin account. So it, it does. It is worth taking the time to just look into whether the, the account that you're using on your computer, whether or not it actually has like quite high privileges or whether it's a standard user account because it's a good idea to maintain two accounts, one for doing high-level stuff, installing software and things, and then a secondary account, lower-level, can't install and you don't need to worry about ransomware because it's not going to be able to proliferate. Uh, disabling macros in Microsoft Office, particularly if you're not keeping Microsoft Office up-to-date or you're using an older version, can't. Uh, don't want to update or haven't upgraded to the latest version, that's a good option as well. And uh, improving browser security and audit outdated and insecure extensions. Browser extensions, uh, add-ons, they're also known as, are a very um, key way for ransomware and other malware 
to infect your computer. So keeping your extensions to a minimum and ensuring the ones that you're using are regularly updated is a really, really good idea. So many people, um, I mean, my dad has, I don't even tell you how many extensions he's running in Firefox <laughs> at the moment. Don't even want to go there. Um, limit malicious ads and avoid dodgy websites. People still go to dodgy websites. It blows my mind. Was it you and I discussing this, or was it me and Ian discussing this a few weeks ago? Websites. I think this is you and Ian talking yeah. about wearer sites yeah. the other week. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, th th things were completely different in those days, and you could go to these dodgy sites, and you, yeah, you'd get infected, but you wouldn't mind because you were getting free software, which obviously you shouldn't <laughs> have been getting. It was completely immoral and wrong and dishonest, and no one should have been doing it. But there was a completely different attitude about the internet in those days. It, yes. It amazes me people still go to dodgy websites. And moving on, delete spam emails immediately. Don't read them. They're clearly not from your real bank because your real bank um, doesn't know your email address or they don't know that email address. Yes. Because everyone's got more than one email address these days, don't they? number of times I've, you know, I, you know, I've been doing this for years. Um, writing about security i've had deep interest in online security since i worked in the uk health service and even now an email will pop into my inbox apparently from my bank and i'll i'll have to like read it just to get an idea of whether this is real or not because it's very easy to see it open it click it and then when you spot that it's gone to the email address that your bank doesn't know about then you know it's a fake but it's so easy to do and you know not just banks uh, paypal amazon apple a number of times that you know the apple scams here oh your drive's broke um, you, you know your, your apple drive uh, we need you to log into it or any cloud drive service dropbox any of those things they just fire the emails at every email address going and you know they must have a success rate although they wouldn't be doing this 100 percent um the level as well that they can uh, mimic the the quality of email that you might expect to receive as well it is really impressive it's so easy just to click on a random link and before you know it you've uh, you've entered your password in on a website or you know even worse you've downloaded a, a malicious file that's set to auto execute or or something like that yeah yeah it's uh it's stuff that is it's easily avoided it but at the same time this in nine times out of ten particularly talking to consumer level you know listeners of the really useful podcast rather than people who run in organizations there might be some crossover there but i'm t we, you know we, we mainly talk to people who are using home computers and laptops and phones and what have you you know they're avoidable and they're, they're the kind of mistakes that not only are they costly you really want to kick yourself because it's all too easy when you get caught out by any form of malware you can trace it back in your head exactly almost exactly to the email that you clicked or the link that you clicked or the file you downloaded whatever and you, then not only do you have the problem of having lost data or maybe having to have to pay for data, um, outlay for having your computer repaired, you've also got that goddamn bad nagging feeling that you, you, you've you been scammed and you should have known better. It's the worst feeling, that sinking feeling of <clears throat> why did I click that link? Yeah, I knew it looked dodgy. It felt dodgy at the time, you know. I got it appeared in my inbox out of nowhere. It's all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I got um, screwed over. Man, what year is it now? 2021? 1998. 
and it was during the World Cup, so it would have been at this time of year, I was working in a bar, and someone came in on lunchtime, paid us with a 20, and then they baffled me with um, patter, and I ended up giving them £35 change. No way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well-worn scam. This guy, you go around the town doing it, and every <clears throat> £20 note walks out with an extra 15 quid or whatever. Nasty. Yeah. That is bad. Yeah. 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 And yet you have that feeling. A few years later, um, my wife and I were getting engaged. We sold a piece of jewelry on eBay and we were scammed because we accepted an offer to do it outside of eBay. Now, in those days, no one no, no, no one would um, have, have foreseen that someone could have possibly done a scam on the internet. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, these days, anyone offers you anything outside of ebay then you know you just you refuse the um you refuse the offer everything goes through ebay everything's under the auspice of ebay observed paid money received end of transaction in those days it was quite common for people to say do this and we'll pay you this much without paying for ebay fees or whatever and we, oh yeah all right then they sent money through a so-called escrow account which wasn't a real escrow account it was a fake, yeah. fake website, fake everything. Never saw the jewellery again. Oh, no. Yeah, and we were saving up for our wedding as well, so it was doubly bad. And yeah. again, horrible sinking feeling. So, you know, it, you know, it's really bad, bad, bad feeling to get. And the other thing is, once you've got all the data back, if, if you're that lucky, or once your computer's up and running again, whether it's malware, ransomware, whatever, you've still got that feeling at the back of your mind that you got scammed. Now, that's useful in some ways because you might be more vigilant, but it's still going to be there, and it's not a nice feeling to have. Absolutely, and especially with things like ransomware and malware, like you get your data back, and that's really good, and that's what everybody's aiming for. But unless it's thoroughly, thoroughly checked over and you can 100% vouch that it's you know been completely cleaned and that the system you're putting it back into is also 100% cleaned, it could remain an issue for you. Yeah. So we've um, looked at the increase in ransomware in 2021. And, you know, it's been going on for months. And I think I think really 2020 was an opportunity for ransomware developers to like sit, look at the situation, look at the changing world, and we're going to do this, this, and this. And they pretty much followed through on whatever it was they exactly decided to do. Ransomware also exists for home users. I feel as though the ransomware that we're seeing at the moment for home users is possibly coming to an end of its current generation. We have more and more equipment in our homes that could potentially be held to ransom. TVs, for a start off, running software like Android or WebOS, which shouldn't be too much for seasoned ransomware developers to deal with. That could be something to keep an eye on in coming months. TVs are a great way to flash up a ransomware warning, even a fake one, and say, the content you've been watching is not approved. Yeah, God, the uh, the famous sort of lock screen of the the skull and crossbones yeah. in, written in binary flashing up oh, yeah. before your children's eyes. Yeah, you know? definitely. definitely. <clears throat> really so, crank the terror level up. Yeah, that, so that's uh, that's something to come. And if it's if no one's thought of that yet, and um, I'm just claiming copyright on that, just in case. <laughs> Oof. 
Where, where are your morals, Corley? Um, but seriously, though, seriously, we, um, we've looked at uh, home ransomware, we've looked at corporate ransomware and organizational-level ransomware, government-level ransomware. This is a threat going forward. And, and of course, you know, um, uh, ransomware that targets uh, facilities and infrastructure. This is a problem going forward until um, services, Department of Justice, for instance, uh, start dealing with this and putting provisions in place, and it's going to cost a lot of money to, uh, I, I guess, ransomware proof and insulate uh, the, the, the 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 critical infrastructure against ransomware. Um, it's a threat, and it's going to continue to be a threat, which is why those steps of vigilance that we gave you earlier they can be scaled up to a kind of a enterprise corporate level as well. Um, if you are going to get targeted by ransomware, um, pray that you earn less than $4 million if it's from Bay Book. Um, <laughs> but uh, seriously, no, um, do take on board the tips and tricks that we've given you to um, protect yourself and insulate yourself. And if it does happen, um, touch wood, God forbid you get ha uh, attacked by ransomware and you know, your data is locked, your family photos, your bank account details and downloaded statements and all that stuff um that it is at least a ransomware attack that you can recover from one way or another gavin do you have anything to add to that yeah i guess my parting point would be um adding on to what you said if you do get hit by ransomware the best thing to do is not panic straight away as bad as the situation may seem to be there are several uh, decent services and organizations out there that can help people deal with ransomware one of them uh, which is mentioned in in make use of what is ransomware site is the no more ransom project and um, this is a group of researchers that as mentioned earlier work tirelessly to try and reverse engineer all different kinds of ransomware and they've got tens upon you know they've got maybe even hundreds of different decryptors available on their site so before you panic and before you you know reach for your bitcoin wallet or your regular wallet or decide to nuke your hard drive check the no more ransom project out because they may have a decryptor available for the ransomware that's hit you excellent everything we've discussed in this week's really useful podcast you'll find in the attached show notes until next week it's goodbye from gavin and myself